Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the Dynamic Dojo Show with Restita and Robert, your source for martial arts talk radio. Three, two, one, we're live. a great show ahead of uh, ahead of us. Uh, stay tuned because after our first segment, we're going to be joined by Jeet Kune Do practitioner Steve Lilligan. We'll be talking to him uh, at around 6.30 or so, give or take 10 minutes or something. <laughs> anyway, how are you guys? Bob and Wayne, how you doing? Hey, how's it going? Really good, really good. How's it going over there in sunny Burbank, Bob? It's, it's going really well, uh, I've had one hell of a week, and this is where, where we start. I, re- I look back at my week and go, wow, they really screwed. So, <laughs> Wednesday. Why? Okay, I was, Wednesday. I was Here expecting a big, a big shakeup. So I was let go from my job on Wednesday, but they came in, they fired the office oh, manager, ooh. they let me go, oh, they wrote a bunch of people up, a huge shakeup, and I looked at my HR person at that time, and I said, you know what? The only thing I said, I went out with dignity. I, the only thing I said is, you know, it's pretty crappy to let somebody go just before Christmas. I said, yeah. that is really horrible. Stuff. Yeah, that's fucked up. Oops. Yeah. <laughs> there she goes speaking French again. There, there I go speaking French again. Whoops. Yeah. I already, know, right? I already, I already uh, said it. That's fucked up. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, it's, uh, and it's funny. Why is it, I've always wondered this, because this happened a couple times this week, why is it that some people think that other people are just dumb as dirt? Meaning, you know, they bring up <laughs> two HR people to, to give a 10-minute presentation on some new software going in, and I said, you know, something else is going on here. You don't need two uh-huh. HR people to give a 10-minute demonstration on something. Right. Yeah. I I went to my manager and said, "I'm being let go today, huh? Because my numbers weren't up, and that's all they care about. Right. Numbers. And he he looked wow. and says, I don't know. And I'm like, dude, you're full of crap. I'm going. Yeah, that's right. pretty you crappy. Lie to me, man. That's that's yeah. one thing I can't stand. People that lie yeah. to me, they think you're stupid. So I'm driving your face. Lift. I'm thinking, Exactly, right to my right, face. Right. And he was yeah. he drove me home because I was driving a company vehicle, right? <laughs> so Wednesday or Thursday, I drive to this hotel. I'm driving Lyft and Uber full-time between jobs right now. So I drive to this hotel, and I'm in, in the front front door uh, mm-hmm. to pick this girl up. And, and uh, I, so I get a call, and they said, well, I'm standing in in front of the hotel, but I don't see you. It shows you're somewhere else. I said, I'm right in front of the front door. Well, I have a blue suitcase. So, Mm -hmm. and I'm on the phone with this woman, 
And this person comes up with this blue suitcase. Now, this person is not on the phone with me. They're coming up with this hmm. blue suitcase. So already this chick's lying to me. She's acting like wow. I'm picking her up. So I didn't think anything of it. A, a girl leaving a hotel with a, with a suitcase is very common. Now, right. She's, she's, going, she's going to the Marriott in Burbank from a, another hotel. And I'm thinking, mm-hmm. okay, that's still not out there. It's a right. little stranger than normal. I said, mm-hmm. so what do you do for a living? She's, she's like, why? I said, well, that's just small talk I make with my passengers. And I mm-hmm. said, you know, I could guess what you do for a living. And, she said, and I said, you're not going to like it. And she <laughs> said, what do you think I do? I'm an entrepreneur. I said, well, either you're a stripper or you're a call girl. And she goes, oh, my God, really? I said, yeah. And she says, okay, you got me. I'm a call girl. <laughs> entrepreneur. <laughs> that's what gives it away. Entrepreneur. entrepreneur. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's, that sounds, said, better. What, what? that sounds better than self-employed. <laughs> you know, right? Self-employed, I would have bought. But she said entrepreneur, and I said, really? How do you do that? She said, what? I said, what do you want to entrepreneur? She said, myself. And I went, oh, my God, I know what it is yeah, now. Yeah, marketing. I said, I <laughs> marketing. That. She said, I yeah. I'm like, dude, why don't you just tell me that you have sex for money, and let's call it a day. I know, right? It's like, and, and you need a ride from here to there. I'm okay with that. I'm okay yeah. with that. That's right. So my, my, my wife has some drama at her work. She's interviewing people. One guy walked out today, and it always happens on her days off. So she's interviewing somebody this week, and this woman is building herself up. I can appreciate that. Until my wife had her, until she said, don't let this opportunity pass you by. Meaning, you better hire me or you're screwed. And my wow. wife just, that was it for her. <laughs> no. Wow. Yeah. Wow. You know, it was fine to build you up, but you've been out of the workforce for a long time. You've got emptiness syndrome, and then you're going to tell me I better hire you because you're the best right. thing since sliced bread? Yeah. And, like, oh, God. <laughs> and you're like, never mind. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, never mind. We'll move on now. Yeah. So that was my week in a nutshell. And uh, of course, we've got you coming down at the end of the month. My wife's like, why is Rusty staying a week? And I said, because she didn't want to pay $800 for a flight. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm serious. It was like I was looking on Alaska, which I normally fly on. And if I left, because normally I come in on Fridays, right? And then I leave on Monday or Sunday night or whatever. If I came in on Friday the 30th and left like on the like on the 1st later on in the evening or even on the 2nd, it would have been like close to $400 each way. So wow. like I went to like cheapflights.com and I looked up, you know, Seattle to Burbank from this state to this state and everything was like 800 800 800 800 and I'm like no! <laughs> so, in order to bypass that, I went through Southwest and uh, and got a, uh, a one stop. I think on the way there, I stopped in Sacramento. It's going to be a five-hour trip, five hours. And I have to be at the airport for a 5.20 a.m. flight. So, that means I got to get there by, like, I don't know, four in the morning, right? right. <laughs> and I'm like, really? Really? But I get there at 11, so it gives, gives us the whole day, assuming I'm not sleeping in the car, 
right? <laughs> <laughs> but um, so, but the only way to bypass anything going beyond a hundred bucks was to stay almost a week. So, yeah, ninety-seven dollars each way plus taxes. Ninety-seven. Really? If I yeah, if I came in on Thursday the twenty-ninth and left on Wednesday the whatever it was, I think that's a third or something like that or four. I forget. Uh-huh. But uh, so yeah, almost a week, almost. So I hope I hope Jenny doesn't mind that I'm on on her couch for almost a week. <laughs> yeah, I said, well, she's done it before, and she says, no, she hasn't. I said, yes, she did. She did it in 2012. Yeah. She came, you came <clears throat> straight down from Palma, and you stayed a week. You came in on yeah. Monday or Tuesday, I forget which day, and you stayed until until Sunday. Because we have the Masters Hall of Fame that week. Yeah, yeah. So that was so that was pretty well. But yeah, that was the only way I could get past that. So I'm gonna try to see if I can get some other classes other than my other than my workshop. <laughs> we'll see what happens. <laughs> and that's the main problem, Rusty, with traveling at the holiday time. Yeah, yeah. Eight hundred bucks. So yeah. Wow. Anyhow, you guys have All a right. legion. Uh, airlines there? Allegiant? No. Allegiant. I don't. We have it, and uh, and they have some really really good deals on flights. Really good deals. Let me look this up. Allegiant Air. Wow. Yeah. The, the How long have they been around? We have our Frontier and I, I don't think they've been around that long. Oh, okay. My it wife says used to it's work American. For it's an American low cost airline owned by Allegiant Travel that operates scheduled and charter flights. Hmm. Interesting. But let's see, a carry-on is 50 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, hmm, okay. Anyhow, let's get moving on. So uh, for our listeners out there, our phone number here is 347-677-0699. We're going to open the phone lines at around 630 when we talk to our guest, uh, Steve Lilligan. So, all right, let's get moving on with birthdays. So, Sifu Bob, who do you have for birthdays? Well, if my mother had had, had lived through it, uh, my mother's been gone for 13 years now, but tomorrow she would have been 90 years old. Wow. Uh, we've wow. got uh, some of my favorite people in the world having birthdays this week. Grandmaster Ooh. Douglas Wong, his birthday, not a <laughs> – a day that'll live in infamy. His birthday is on <laughs> December 7th. Uh, one of my dear friends, uh, it, it, and it's funny, this girl, Kelly Harris, I've known her for 20 plus years, and she saw us, Rusty. This was a trip. This, this is where my phone, remember the, the second Dragon Fest where we did some stuff uh, on live on camera for Channel 5 News? Right, right. Well, she happened to be watching Channel 5, and my phone is all the way back on our table, right? Uh-huh. And she sees Dragon Fence's martial arts thing, and she's talking to her husband and says, wow, I bet Bob's there, just as they pan the camera over to me. <laughs> That's when my phone started ringing, and I started to freak out because my phone's ringing, and she's calling me, telling me I see you on Channel 5 News. <laughs> <laughs> her, first, and why would... her first date was on the 8th uh, Patrick Kuhn A uh, student of 
of Grandmaster Walter Brukowski, Greg Woldridge's, and uh, uh, Scott Jacoby. His birthday is on the 9th. On the 10th, we have Derek Bryan, which is a cousin of Grandmaster Greg Woldridge. And we have Larry Ziff, which is the father of Matthew Ziff from the uh, martial arts kid film, playing Bo, the bully. Mm-hmm. And that's who cool. I am. Do you have any birthdays, Rusty? I do. Tomorrow, December 5th, my sister, Dai Noilani Chin. Her birthday is tomorrow. Uh, also, another friend of the family, Lorna Chin. Uh, Wushu coach, Nick Grayson, and also tomorrow. And on the 6th, who do I have on the 6th here? Nobody. Oh, no, my cousin in the Philippines, Amado Baronio. His birthday is the 6th. Um, and I remember when I was in the Philippines, when I was like about five years old or so, uh, Amado and my sister celebrated their birthdays at the same time. And you know what's what was weird is I remember it being like, like, you know, almost triple digit weather in December. And I just thought that was really weird. And I never really got over that. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, on the seventh, not the day of infamy, we've got, you already said, uh, Douglas Wong, uh, a friend, Eva Armankis, her birthday is on the same day. And on the eighth, we've got Sifu Benny Meng. And on the ninth, Sensei Tom Kalos, um, a Doce Pares brother, Tony Angel Cruz. And on Saturday the 10th, a, uh, a parent of one of my students, Sabrina Lynn, is having her birthday. And a good friend of mine, Laura Jean Cronin. And a fellow Bullwhip bull student, Kathy Wright Babinick. And a former student, Chris Raglan. Who all their birthdays are on uh, next Saturday. So for everyone... Wow. Having a birthday the week of December 4th through the 10th. This tune is for you. I want to wanna wish you a happy birthday. I want to wanna help you celebrate. I want to wanna wish you lots of presents. I want to wanna help you eat your cake. Party, party in the island way You'll be jamming all night Till the light of day Your birthday, birthday is your day to shine Another year and you'll be looking fine So have a no worries, don't you hesitate It's time to party, party, time to celebrate birthday everyone and remind me to mute my mic so if I have to clear my throat like I just did no one hears me (laughs) (laughs) all right so let's go to announcements Uh, what kind of announcements do you have on your end there Sifu Bob I have nothing because it's approaching the end of the year uh, mm-hmm. A lot of people are taking the time off. Like when you're down here, the Martial Arts History Museum is actually going to be closed, so we won't even get a oh. chance to go by and see uh, Michael Matsuda when you're here. Oh, wow. Wild, 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 wild. Oh, that's too bad. Well, I, I have a few. Um, I'll just go ahead and plug my workshop at on New Year's Eve. So I'll be doing a, a Chen Tai Chi Fundamentals Workshop um, on – 
the 31st, Saturday the 31st. And uh, it's going to be at Balboa Park again this uh, this year, or this time. And it's going to be hosted by Reed's Martial Arts. And let me see if I can pull up the uh, the event here real quick because uh, I want the address. <laughs> and I don't even know if this is the right address. But it's going to be in the park next to Balboa Sports Complex. And um, it says that it's in Encino, California. But but I know Lady Lelaine says that it's in Van Nuys or something like that. I'm so confused. I'm so confused. But it's um, really on the border. It's it's right on the border between Van Nuys and Encino. Uh and it oh, could be a okay. part of Van Nuys. It doesn't want to be called Van Nuys, so it's called Encino because that is the upper crust. The Jacksons live in Encino. That kind of thing. Oh, okay. Got it. Okay. Well I've got uh um the address here. We're gonna, like I said, we're gonna meet outside the Balboa Sports Complex, not inside, and it's uh, gonna be in the park near the concession stand. And the address that I was given was six three zero zero Balboa Boulevard, and it says Van Nuys, California nine one three one six. There is a nominal fee of thirty dollars for this because this will be a longer workshop. It's gonna go from ten to approximately one or something like that. I tend to keep it open. If there is time and people are interested, and uh, and if I am able to bring some of my bull whips, I will uh, bring bull whips. But I don't want to have to carry any extra luggage <laughs> that I need to. Um, now, although remember, I think Rusty, that, yes, you, you, the, the address is Balboa, but we're meeting on Burbank. Oh, Balboa. oh, okay, okay. So it's kind of like the the intersection, yeah. Of Burbank and Balboa. Okay. Well, I will change that. So, okay. So I will change that on the event. So uh, for anyone that's interested in going, it's going to be New Year's Eve. So, you know, start the new year right, folks. Start it off with Tai Chi. Um, and this is going to be my second time um, for this particular workshop. Um, and uh, all of the previous attendees, I guess, were asking the reads, hey, when is she coming back? When is she coming back? Let's continue with this. Let's 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 make this regular. And I'm like, oh, okay. So what we're going to be going over are the 13 fundamentals of Chen Tai Chi. And we're also going to be going over Chan Su Jin, which is a silk reeling Qigong. Um, and getting into learning a short form, a very short form that you can do anywhere. And uh, perhaps if there's time, we're going to delve into push hands. Now, no Tai Chi experience is necessary. So if you want to come out and you don't have any experience whatsoever with Tai Chi, come on out because this is geared for beginners. Anyone can attend ages nine and above, and uh, it'll be fun. So come on out. Oh, um, I, Balboa well, I Park. I did want to bring up something, Rusty. I did want to What's bring that? up something. What's that? How ironic it is that you're teaching a short form. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Bob, you're terrible. I know, right? Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> Anyhow, so <laughs> that's the info on my workshop, New Year's Eve, 10 a.m. to approximately 1 or 2, and uh, there's a possibility of going out for a late lunch afterwards. Feel free to come out with us. All right. Now, I have another announcement, and that is uh, an event that was shared with me uh, by my friend Bill Palmer. And uh, this event is called Veterans for Standing Rock, and it's happening tomorrow from 3 to 6 p.m. 
and it's going to be um, in Los Angeles. It's going to be at the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers, uh, 915 Wilshire Boulevard, Suite 1101 in L.A., 90017. And uh, the description goes as follows. Native Americans have served in the military to protect us and continue to do so. In honor of their future generations, they are fighting the pipeline to protect their water, their sacred places, and all living beings. That is their camp. That is, that is Lakota territory. That is treaty territory. And no one else has jurisdiction there. The Army Corps of Engineers continue to threaten their sacred land. Please, let's all come together this day and all the days standing rock. We may not be there physically supporting them, but we together can make a difference here. Let's show that we care, that we are with them no matter where we are. Please join together for a peaceful, 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 peaceful protest against the Army Corps of Engineers and all the banks and investors that are part of this corporation world. Everyone is welcome. Please share. Uh, Veterans for Standing Rock. So it doesn't say whether or not you have to be a veteran to go. But uh, I'm guessing if you are a veteran, yes, you are welcome. Um, Or if you have family members that are veterans. So thank you, Bill Palmer, for sharing that with us. Okay, what else do we got here? Uh, We've also got the Alliance Grand Nationals Tournament coming up next Saturday, December 10th. And it's an open martial arts competition with forms and point sparring, weapons and breaking and musical forms. And this is uh, being held, um, uh, being sanctioned by the Alliance, which is, um, which is what uh, the USA Martial Arts Hall of Fame is a part of. Um, And it's going to be held at Berlin, Eagle Park Recreation Center, located at 305 Eagle Lane in Berlin, New Mexico, 87002. Um, they've also got team forms, no gi grappling, and uh, continuous con- contact. And um, the guest judges, you get a free gift bag, folks, <laughs> and, uh, and a free dinner. Go, uh, awesome. go check that. I know. Go check that out. Um, going I all out actually, on this one. He is. And, you know, they had invited me to come out and be a judge. And unfortunately, I can't afford it. <laughs> I, def- <laughs> I, can't even, I couldn't even afford a plane ticket. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? It's uh, it's going to be it's going to be cool. And um Stay tuned also, folks, for more information about local tournaments here in Washington State. Um, I'm going to be working with the uh, regional director of the USA Martial Arts Hall of Fame, um, C.J. Mayo, and we're going to be working to set up quarterly tournaments here in the Puget Sound area. Um, Now, Sensei Jim used to have a bunch of tournaments out here every quarter. He called them the seasons, the four seasons Mm -hmm. tournaments. Um, And he had them out here back in the 90s. I forget when. I knew about them. I just never went. Um, And uh, so hopefully me and CJ will bring that back. So we'll see how that works. All right. So that's it for announcements, I think. Let me double check here. Yep, that's it. So I guess with that said, I think it's time for health news. Let's get the health news sticker up here. All right. Now, this particular news clip is, I got to find it now, (laughs) because this is actually a news clip from NBC, 
And um, this is about new tests for uh, food allergies in kids. So, you know, if your child has food allergies, this is probably something to listen to. So let's take a look. Now to some important health news for parents, specific new guidelines for how and when to introduce certain foods to infants who are at risk for food allergies. Dr. Alana Levine is a pediatrician and spokesperson for the American Academy of Pediatrics. Dr. Levine, good morning. Nice to see you. Good morning. Before we get to the specifics, do these new guidelines contradict what we as parents have been told prior to this? Well, back in 2000, the American Academy of Pediatrics released guidelines that said you should wait and delay the introduction of high allergen-containing foods until one, two, and even three for some foods. However, in 2008, they revised those guidelines, and these new 2011 guidelines sort of reinforce the 2008, which is that you don't need to delay that intro the introduction of foods that typically cause allergies. So a child as young as one, two, and three, you can introduce to high allergen foods. Is this an attempt to detect whether they actually have food allergies, or by introducing them in an early age, can they build up an immunity to those food allergies? So, Matt, you can actually introduce these foods to children now at six months per the new guidelines. And the reason to do this is because the science doesn't support the evidence that delaying it is actually going to have a protective effect. So you have children, and you want to give them a well-balanced diet of lots of foods. And there's no reason to withhold those foods if it's not going to cause a problem. Let's take a look at some of the suggestions here, right? These are important for parents. Start with easy foods, cereal, yellow-orange vegetables, fruit, green veggies. Introduce potential allergens like peanuts, dairy at home, and increase if no reaction, which raises the question, what would a typical reaction look and feel like? Right. So reactions can really be varied, and generally the first reaction tends to be milder. You can see a rash, like hives that are splotchy, they cause itching. Um, a more severe reaction would be difficulty breathing or wheezing, um, that feeling of throat swelling, and can progress to even a life-threatening anaphylaxis. Some of the other suggestions introduce one new food every three to five days. If there is a reaction, consult a doctor. We've got a lot of email questions already about this, doctor. Okay. Let me give you one of those from Elena Johnston Barbary. Is there a genetic component involved that can be tested for during pregnancy, for instance, knowing very early to avoid dairy or nuts, even during the pregnancy? So that's an interesting question, and we definitely know that there is a genetic component, and if that a first-degree relative has an allergy, that there's an increased risk that that new child will have an allergy. Currently, there aren't any tests that we're doing in pregnancy, but that would be a great thing to know and study for the future. Are food allergies on the rise? They are on the rise, and we're not exactly sure why, and there are a lot of theories. One interesting theory is something called the hygiene hypothesis, which is we're living in such a cleaner world now. We're using antibiotics that are fighting infections, and so the body, the immune system, is reacting to things that are harmless in the environment instead of things that are harmful. Uh, interesting information for parents out there. Dr. Alana Levine. Doctor, thanks very much. All right. So that's some interesting information about uh, food allergies. So do you guys have any food allergies, just out of curiosity? No. I don't. No. I don't either. <laughs> and that's a good thing because I'm Filipino. <laughs> we eat anything. <laughs> All right. So that's it for our health news. Let's move on to weird news. Weird news. Weird news. This comes, out of, this comes out of Portland, Oregon. A man in Oregon was allowed to take one of the strangest mug shots in recent memory. Craig huh. Buckner had business to take care of at, at the Washington County Courthouse. 
He didn't think it would take too long, so we brought his pet bird. Coincidentally, the bird was named Bird. With him. Yeah, yeah, right? Like It's like me calling my dog, dog. I know, right? Cat. Cat. He he left a well-trained macaw in a tree outside the courthouse, but ended up being taken into custody, according to officials. Oh, my God. Wait, 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 wait. And you get hooked up, that would suck. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> it ended up being taken into custody. Did they arrest the bird? I, 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 no. I don't understand. No, they, they arrested him because it was more serious than he thought it was. Oh, okay. but <laughs> Oh, I see, I see, I see. Okay. <laughs> but he so ended Buckner up being was, taken into custody. Yes, okay. he ended up taken in, being taken into custody. So Buckner was reportedly worried about bird, so officers let let him get the parrot and bring it inside to take care for, to take care of it while he resolved the case. And they took him in to get booked. He had the bird. I saw the picture. He had the bird on his shoulder when they were taking his mugshot. <laughs> Are there matey? <laughs> yeah, all he needed was a pet. Yeah, all he needed was a pet. Oh, that is weird. That is weird. All right. <laughs> and let's uh, get Bob going on the entertainment news. Woo. Okay, you know, I've, I, I have mentioned this before. You know, Justin Bieber was supposed to go to my son's high again? school about five years ago. Oh, my God. We're talking and about him again. Okay. <laughs> again. 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 And All usually right. it's, it's Marshall-related, M-A-R-T-I. Ask you know right. like like the Mar- like the LA County Marshals right. or the, the U.S. <laughs> Marshals. So it's Marshall related. Now this was he wanted to go to to John Burroughs where my son was going when he was still normal when he was still a normal kid. I uh, ended right. up going to private school, of course. Thank God, my son said, "Oh my God, the paparazzi would drive us absolutely insane." And he's right now. Right. About a week or so ago, concert in Spain. Now he had a fan approach him in his car just to touch him. Meant no harm by Justin wow. hit him. He hit <laughs> he hit him with a left jab. I'm going, oh, Who wow. does that? This kid's a more this this kid's an absolute moron. Now I remember he had a a bodyguard about three or four years ago at LAX that literally on film beat the crap out of somebody. Out of wow. just down. Some big Dang. old dude, right? So, just it says Justin is keeping keeping his hands up to date at a boxing gym, even though recent evidence shows his jab is pretty sharp. Beaver mm. hit up ten goose boxing in Van Nuys, California, on Friday for a few rounds of sparring. This is the same gym where he worked the mitts with his pal Floyd Mayweather in the past. Justin mm-hmm. might feel the need to work on his skills after his run-in with a fan in Spain last week. The fan who hooked up with uh, with uh, JB's left fist would say it's not necessary at all. Hmm. Now, is he is he and training I, regularly, or is he just playing around? You know what I mean? I think he's just playing around. Yeah. He, he, wow. That was Floyd Mayweather in the past, that kind of thing. Uh, and he's at a boxing gym not too far from here. 
Wow. And he hmm. lives in Burbank. He's paying like some god awful amount for like a ten bedroom <clears throat> house in Tulsa Lake near near where I showed you uh, Steve Carell lives. Yeah. No. Okay. I I I keep asking this. Why would someone who you know even if you have like you know a girlfriend or a boyfriend who buys a ten bedroom home if it's just you and somebody else who I mean yeah oh, he's not buying it he's renting it he's oh, renting he's it renting. for like twenty grand a month yeah oh wow. oh 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 okay I get it okay so <laughs> um yeah so. Uh, hold on a sec. Everything, like when I get a text message, everything on my screen goes goes wonky. So hold on a sec here. Let me let me do something here. Uh, ba-da, 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 ba-da. So, so why why you're like, doing that? I've got another story to tell you. It's really it's actually funny. I picked up oh, okay. this girl at UCLA the other day for for a ride, and she's flipped out. Final to go take. Now this is this is next door to to Brianna's dorm to my daughter's dorm. So I'm freaking out going, God, if my daughter sees me, I'm dead meat. So I'm looking around, and this, this girl gets to the front seat, and she says, I'm late. So she wakes up when her final is supposed to start. I said, you know, uh-huh. you shouldn't worry too much, because you know how college classes are. There's 150, 200 people per class. Right. I said, so maybe she won't notice when you come in. She looks at me, and she says, I have six people in my class. I said, what? I said, she said, Whoa. yeah, I'm taking Russell. And I'm like, okay, no wonder you don't have the 150, 200 people. I said, so there's yeah. only six people in your class. Guess what? When you come in and you're late, they're going to notice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a very high-level uh, neuroscience uh, type thing, and and I'm driving her to this library, and there is a, ra- a roundabout with a flagpole in the middle of it. And uh-huh. it's funny. She's so nervous. She says, uh, you can drop me off in that, that roundy thingy over there. That roundy thingy? <laughs> roundy oh, my thingy. God. Roundy, roundy thingy. And, and I start laughing. And she's, <laughs> she's already freaking out. I start laughing. And I said, wow, that was pretty technical. <laughs> <laughs> roundy thingy. So I'm gonna. I'm gonna <laughs> I have to go go through several roundy thingies on the way home. So I'll think about that a little bit later <laughs> when I go home. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's do this. Let's go ahead and take a short break. And when we come back, we're gonna be talking to our interview guest, Steve Lilligan. So we'll be right back after this, folks. Don't go away now. High school is a time for figuring things out, like finding the square root of x when your ex won't stop texting you. Or how to write an essay on Twelfth Night, the night before it's due. It's about making friends. And making memories. It's about deciding where you fit. Where you stand. And what you simply won't stand for. Long after class is dismissed, after you've left the hall and moved on with life, after you've forgotten all the answers to all the tests, You'll remember the day you figured out the kind of person you were going to be. Stand up for someone being bullied, and they'll never forget you. Stand up to bullying. In 50 feet, turn left. 
Why are you driving so slowly? After a few drinks, I'm taking it slow. Well, you're not fooling the cop behind you. What? Get ready to pay in point one miles. Getting pulled over for buzz driving could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. Nothing kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz driving, because buzz driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. The Heart Truth is a campaign sponsored by the National Heart, Lung, and Blood Institute to raise awareness about heart health. One thing that everyone can do to support heart health is to get moving. Health and fitness expert Dr. Pamela Peek says that small steps can lead to big benefits. Throughout the day, just get up and move more. Park your car in the farthest parking spot. Find any excuse to walk as you live your busy life. The key to heart health is regular physical activity and a balanced diet. I help get my patients educated and motivated to stay active every single day. That's why I'm behind the Heart Truth campaign and those who partnered with it, like Diet Coke. Join them this month as they work to educate, inspire, and motivate by visiting dietcoke.com slash hearttruth. Inside this little Burbank building, this is the first museum in the world dedicated to martial arts. It, it really reflects on the style and the, the philosophy of each and every different culture. White eyebrow kung fu, monkey kung fu, the animal styles, Shaolin. Talking about the ninja here. Japan had the samurai. Here we go into our Korean section. In fact, every corner of Asia and the Pacific has its own martial art. It'll be an absolute shame if one day you ask a kid and he doesn't know who Bruce Lee is. From the history of the Japanese samurai to the artistry of anime, enjoy a look into Asian culture by visiting the Martial Arts History Museum in Burbank. Hi, this is Frank Duke. This is T.J. Douglas Wong. Hi, this is Kumu Lua, Michelle Manu, and you're listening to Rosita and Bob on the Dynamic Dojo Radio Show. The only place to be to get the real scoop on the real things that are going on in the martial arts world. Do you have an idea for a guest or a topic that you'd like to hear on the Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio Show? If you do, you can email your suggestions and ideas to dynamic dojo radio host at gmail.com or you can also post it on the dynamic dojo facebook page you're listening to the dynamic dojo show with restita and robert your source for martial arts talk radio all right man if you're just now tuning in, this is Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio with Restita, Robert, and Wayne. Wayne's our special guest co-host tonight. Our phone number here is 347-677-0699. And uh, I want to hey, bring up the mic. Yeah? What? I do want to bring this up. I know we'd like to confirm it, but I know Billy Burke, and he's very close to the family. So I would say that's enough confirmation for me about what just transpired yeah over Facebook yeah. that uh Grandmaster Bill Riyasaki has uh passed away and that's very Man. sad news oh yeah a great guy. yeah I I was I just happened to check on my Facebook and I saw Billy's post and uh Billy says Grandmaster Bill Riyasaki Thank you for being a part of our family rest in peace master heartbroken tonight we pray for you and your family oh, you know, <laughs> that's, that's, I don't know what to say. I mean, 
just a wonderful man. Um, and uh, I'll uh, maybe after the show I'll uh, send a virtual hug over to uh, to Billy and stuff like that. Oh, did, did you ever have a chance to meet uh, Grandmaster Bill? Yeah, he he did an interview with us on like the first or second. I forget. That's right. For, the first, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So I met him then, and a uh, wonderful man, and um, you know, and just a legend, a legend in the martial arts. And you know, when uh, when I saw this post, I texted Bob immediately, and I said, Bob, I just I just heard from Billy, and blah 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 blah, and I said, confirm with somebody, anybody. Make sure that this isn't like anything like just heard through the grapevine or anything. Um, but uh, if Billy, you know, if Billy's family is uh, very close to his family, then then we we mourn the passing of another great master. So, wow, that's so that's uh, that's heartbreaking. Anyhow, <clears throat> all right, so let's move on. So um, I want to bring up a, a, a friend of mine, and uh, and rather than me uh, reading off his bio, I want to because I want to hear it from from him. Um, I want to bring bring up the mic of uh, my buddy here, Steve Lilligan. And for anyone that just picks up his stuff, moves from Chicago to California to follow his passion in the martial arts. That's this guy right here, passionate about martial arts, Steve Lilligan. Steve, thanks for joining us today, man. Hi, how are you guys doing? We're doing great, doing great. Thanks for taking the time out of your thanks for taking the time out of your schedule to join us today. So um, we I'm are not here. You're as busy as you think I am. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. So. You know, uh, let's let's hear a little bit about your background. Now, how how old were you when you first started, and what art did you start with in the martial arts? Uh, there was a Park District Judo that mm, I started okay. in, and uh, after seeing Bruce Lee on the screen, wow, I had to learn how to do that. And back, geez, when I was that young, because I'm 47 now, um, there weren't any legitimate Jeet Kune Do instructors in the Chicagoland area. And people would, mm-hmm. there were occasions where the charlatans, but they weren't even in my neighborhood. You had different choices of karate, taekwondo, maybe various styles of kung fu, but no Jeet Kune Do. And the closest school to my house that I kind of liked was a Goji Shori karate style. And I was there for about four years. And then my instructor moved to California. And I was forced to kind of go out onto my own for the first time, which in retrospect, was was painful and good at the same time because it forced me to open my eyes and start looking beyond what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And I found what I consider to be a watered-down style of Kempo now that I have actually seen some good Kempo. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, and uh, truth be told, you know, there's, you know, there are many different levels of everything in life. You know, not every math teacher is the same. Not every martial arts instructor is the same. And uh, right around when I was 20 years old, I finally found about an hour away from my house, just looking for the yellow pages, just showing you how old I am, because there are some kids out there that go, yellow pages? What yellow pages? <laughs> and uh, they advertised the Chico Do School and, and Thai boxing, and I was like, you got to be kidding me. This is everything I ever wanted. Um, I remember as a youth, 
my uh, I didn't have the most supportive parents in the world. Everything I did was out of my own passion and desire. I remember my dad basically one time lecturing me saying, you know, well, who do you want to train with? And I showed him a, uh, a, a magazine. It was Inside Kung Fu at the time. And there was a, a little advertisement for a seminar that had Dan Asano and Larry Hartzell. And I didn't know who Chai Surasut was or the other instructor who, you know, Chai would eventually be my Thai boxing instructor. And uh, I didn't know who they were, but I said, I want to train with those guys right there. And he was like, you know, where are they at? I'm like, they're in California. He's like, how are you going to train with those guys? And I remember thinking to myself, well, not with your support. And oh. it, 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 it just, what could I say? It was the truth, though, you know. Right, my, dad, well, right. my dad was all about team sports and baseball, basketball, football. This is we're gonna. This is what the, the sports you should do. And I, I'm like basketball. How tall are you, Dad? <laughs> what is the matter with you? I'm not made for the NBA, you know. Uh, right. And football. I'm not the heaviest guy in the world. I'm heavier than I've ever been at 185 right now. So, you know, that wasn't going to be my sport. And uh, I didn't like baseball. Really boring. Played Little League when I was younger for a while, but I just didn't. Uh, I mean, wow. if, the pitcher has the best, if the pitcher has the best game of his life, that means he shuts everybody out. That means you're playing mm-hmm. first base, second base, left field, and bored to tears. Right. nobody gets any shot off on the pitcher. And if the pitcher has a terrible day, that means you get to play a lot, but you got killed and you lost. So it was a double-edged sword, and I'm, and I can, eh, it's just to me it's boring. It's one level above bowling and golf for four minutes, right. uh-huh. you know. Um, you know, <laughs> it is just it is what it is. It's the truth. So you know, wow. to me, it was, I like the martial arts because I saw something. Now I, I like gymnastics. Did that a little bit in high school, and I dabbled in a lot of other things like track and field, but. The martial arts I saw is a vehicle that I could do for the rest of my life, and I recognized this at a very early age. We're talking early teenage years, 12, 13 years old. I said, wow, I, I, could, I could do this forever. All these other sports, they seem to be something that has a very short lifespan. You know, mm-hmm. o- only really can do it when you're young. And I said, I like the idea of being able to train and work out and, and learn and, and be able to do this forever. You know, you can, right. I can do it till they throw dirt on top of me. And uh, mm. I was just fortunate enough to find that Jeet Do school, and uh, I ran with it from there. And that was uh, 1990. Uh-huh. And aside from rupturing some discs in my back and that taking me out for a little while and various injuries that happen as you train, um, I've uh-huh. been doing the martial arts ever since. And just this first week in November, I moved out to California, moved in with a friend of mine. And uh-huh. um, here I am. And Chicago was 2,000 miles away from Inosanto Academy, and now I'm only 142 yeah. miles away. So even though I have the longest drive in the gym and everybody that I've met so far, when I tell them how far I have to travel, is just like, you, you're, you're, you're where? <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> but I, I, gotta go. I was in Chicago. You have no idea how awesome this is. And I'm mm-hmm. surrounded by mountains, and there's palm trees, and it's beautiful versus – you know, living in the Chicagoland area, which was which is concrete and and buildings and you know pollution, you know and mm-hmm. traffic and I mean there's still traffic when I drive into L.A. But out where I'm at, it's it's just the air seems different and it's just it, it fresh is. and beautiful. I mean there's 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 like lemon and lime trees everywhere. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's crazy. Mm-hmm. I don't have to buy a line for the rest of my life. There's a tree in the backyard. <laughs> <laughs> it's right there. Yeah, the first right time there. I went out to the first time I went out to Twenty Nine Palms and Palm Springs and Joshua Tree, I said to my friend, "Wow, fresh air smells funny." <laughs> yeah, I mean, during being out here, it's something else. Yeah. Now I have been it's- warned. That that the that I haven't been out here in the summertime, and this is the nicest time of year. Mm-hmm. But right now, I already know that friends of mine are posting on Facebook that oh, you know, we got snow, and I'm looking at just how everything is buried, and I'm thinking to myself, I'll take heat over the snow any day. I've I'll had that bet. my whole life, so it'll it'll be a pleasant change. <laughs> I'll bet. Right on. That that reminds me. We we technically we have snow in the forecast for tomorrow, but we'll see how that works for Seattle. Anyhow, but um, that's you though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not Chicago. I've you know I've got some friends that live out in Chicago, and they're like, eh, right? Whenever it snows, and they uh, they give me a hard time when Seattle closes when it snows because we don't know how to drive in it, and you know we're surrounded by hills. So right. <laughs> In order to get right. anywhere, you have to go on hills, and uh, right. yeah, it's it's crazy. It's just crazy. Um, now, um, in your biography, you said you did goju shore. Um, now, is yes. that is that different than like let's say the go the regular goju ru or anything like that? Well, supposedly, but the way I like to put it is. You could have two boxers training at the exact same gym, and whether it's their psychological makeup or their physicality, maybe one is tall and the other one is short and stocky, they're going to have radically different fighting styles. Right. So ultimately, you know, all the different styles was really just the original style of the founder. And then whatever Uh was passed down and whatever people pick up, I could say those are my roots. You know, technically I have a, a Polish mostly Polish ancestry. But if I went to Poland, uh-huh. they'd call me an American. I can't speak oh, Polish. Uh-huh. So you know, how Polish am I, really? I, I mean, maybe those are my ancestral roots, but I'm an American. And my ancestral right, right. roots might have been Goji Shori Karate, but I guess I was, I, was, I was a karate fighter of my own style that came out of that gym is the way I like to put it. Mm, okay. That, that makes sense. That makes sense. Because, like, the, the the style that I started with, uh, Butoku-kan karate, uh, a lot of people go, well, what's it like? And I'm like, well, it has its roots in shitoru, but right. it's not shitoru. The katas are the same, but not. Does that make sense to everyone? And people go, what yeah. are you talking about? You know? So I, <laughs> I hear you. Yeah, and then there will always be even a little bit of influence of the instructor themselves what exactly. they emphasize and how they train and things aren't exactly the same from one guy to the next guy to the next guy. Even if it was the guy's student and that so-and-so's black belt, you know, it, you know, there's always going to be those little individual differences and somebody puts their own little fingerprint on, on the way things are taught at that gym. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, Got it. you know, and, and in terms of styles, you know, whether, I mean, karate means empty hand. So, right. If you don't have any weapons in your hand, then that's great. You know, Kung Fu, I guess, translates basically to hard work. Mm-hmm. So I guess I do Kung Fu and Karate because it's there hard work and I train with my empty hands. And yeah. they're only in, in, in JKD, we like to think, hey, those are just words. They're labels. But ultimately, yeah. I'm the martial artist. 
I'm the fighter, whether I'm the student that day or the instructor that day, it is what it is, and I'm going to express myself to the best that I can and the only way that I know I can. Mm-hmm. So right, right. Styles, the only, the only time a particular style probably means anything to me as an individual is when I'm mm-hmm. a student. You know, when you okay, come yeah, yeah. out to this area and I'm taking your Tai Chi workshop, well, I understand exactly what I'm doing that day. If I'm, you know, doing whatever style of martial art, it doesn't matter. But now it, it, it's a good frame of reference. It says, okay, this is kind of the way things are taught and the way things are passed on traditionally in the system. And, right. you know, and it's all good exactly. because uh, there's always something to learn. And if you don't think there's anything to learn there, it's probably because you're not looking hard enough. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I, yeah, Bob Bob and I and Wayne, we tend to think the same way as you, is that um, the names of styles are labels. And my mom put it perfectly, um, but, but she was talking in terms of like healing styles as opposed to martial arts, but it's the same thing. Because I asked her one mm-hmm. time, I said, I asked, well, why why is it that there's like so many labels for like let's say Reiki, right? Because I pre- I practice okay. Reiki, and right. and she's like, oh yeah, you know, there's this Reiki and that Reiki and you know, <laughs> lavender spaghetti monster Reiki and all this other you know stuff, right? <laughs> you I know, wasn't aware of that. Techniques, one. <laughs> I know, right? I'm just making shit up now, but it's like, <laughs> but it's like you know, it's technically it came from you know one one practice and now you've got all right. these people making up all this other making up all this other stuff. Like you said, Steve, you know, it could be because of the, the influence um of that particular master and they pass it on as this Reiki or that Reiki or whatever, right? And my mom goes, Oh no. It's it's all the same. It it's all about you know why it's the same? And I'm like, well I mean, I, I have an I have I have an idea why it's the same, but why are there so many labels? And she said, "Oh, so people, so people just can categorize it in their head, so they think they know what they're doing." Right. And I went, oh, "Okay, I get it. Okay, okay." So you know, and I to guess a certain it does... degree, it's almost legitimate because yeah, each person puts their own little fingerprint on it, and to them, their little change or modification or application is uniquely different from the way they were taught or the way they were shown. So it's right. legitimate. And the more, just like the martial arts, the more styles you learn, the more well-rounded you'll be, the more tools you'll have. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's to a degree, it's silly, but it's also legitimate. Like, you know, I'm going to have to call Bob, Bob and, and you rusty and I'm Steve, mm-hmm. but we're all human beings. So right. although we different, we have different names. We're the same. Right. You know, we might have cut our our ancestry might be different, but we're the same. Exactly. Because we're certainly light years away from being a snail or a monkey or a giraffe. We're completely different from those. We're we have much more in common than we do apart, but yet we do have different names. Mhm. So it's it's almost the same with the martial arts. Like with the Reiki, they all have something very much more in common than they do apart. But yet they are uniquely a little bit different because certainly Rusty you're different than me and certainly Bob you're different than me. But mm-hmm. ultimately we're human beings. Right. That's right. Yeah. Very cool. <clears throat> cool, cool, cool. But I Bob. gotta tell you, I'm still loving California because it was awesome riding my motorcycle today and I'm taking it out you again later on tonight. Duck. 
I am so <laughs> You lucky duck. It's too cold over here for that. <laughs> yeah, that's well, a that's ride, just, by the way. Yeah, I, I, my heart bleeds for you. <laughs> yeah, I'll bet. Yeah, well, I know you got. You, I know you have your motorcycle sitting there, hopefully on the battery charger at this point. And you know, uh, I still, you know, I feel I for you because. Find it. <laughs> oh jeez. Yeah, but you know, I, I'm it, pretty it, sure that one good charge will bring it back up because I had it completely like serviced a few months ago, and I did get to ride a little bit during uh, during the summer, but uh, but yeah, now that it's too cold, it's like. And I can't find my hippo hands. I had hippo hands to go over my handlebars so that way it'd keep my hands warm. And I can't find them since I've moved, right? I've got so many oh, boxes no. still sitting in the garage. And <laughs> and uh, I can't find my hippo hands. I can't find my other mm-hmm. helmet. I can't find uh, two of my other jackets. I can't find a lot of stuff. It's kind of like, well, wow, okay. Yeah, I know. When but, you can't find a helmet, you are unpacked. You're still You're still unpacking. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I have one helmet. It's just that I have another one that I prefer to use. But eh, whatever. All right, let's yeah. go to Bob because Bob's like, I have a question. I have a question. Sure. <laughs> oh, I have a no. I have a bunch. I mean, this is okay. Gonna, go for this, it. This conversation can go south really quick because you know Steve's mentioning how he never has to buy another lime a day in his life. I just want to know how he's fixed for tequila. <laughs> oh, you know, uh, if you have to say that, I'll tell you that I was a, I was very foolish in my youth, and I can't drink that stuff anymore. <laughs> I can't drink tequila either. I can't drink it anymore. No, me either. You can't do it yeah. well, Bob? Can't do it any less I, I, either, huh? I can't drink it anymore either, but I can't drink it any less. <laughs> oh, nice, nice. Oh. You know, I, I should be more specific. You know, I, I can't drink it at all. <laughs> yeah, you. I'm I'm a, I'm, a, I'm I'm pretty sadistic in my old age. During the winter time, I'll take a picture of my thermometer on the inside of my car and send it to Rusty when it's in the 60s and 70s here in the middle of December, and she nice. turns around and sends me a picture of her middle finger. <laughs> Does that mean one degree? Yeah, that's right. I'm sitting here, sitting there in my winter coat and my scarf and my hat covering my ears, and I send a picture of me going, you know, you're number one. Nice. <laughs> no, but Steve, it's right. very serious questions. You know, you brought up uh, about people being different. Same style, tall, short thin, heavy, whatever, and being different. Now, see, I, I'm, I'm old school a little bit. I studied Jeet Kune Do with Mark Stewart, and I studied uh, under Ted Lukai Lukai until he passed away. Oh, I had met, you know, Master Lukai Lukai, and Guru Ted was incredible. He was a great coach. He was amazing. I met his father, Lucky, once. Oh, just, nice. I never did. Uh, now, being that everybody's different, what I find very interesting in the Jeet Kundo family is that all of the practitioners like will take different aspects and run with it. Like uh, Teddy was into the boxing end, the Pan and Tukon. Right. Uh, the, the, the Kali aspect that Dan had added because, you know, he was, he was Dan's, student as Jeet Kune Do, but they were Kali brothers. They studied side right. by side together. Now, with that said, you know, Larry took uh, Sifu Larry took the grappling 
side because he was a stocky guy. The guy was built like a fire plug. Actually, do you know why that is? Actually, Gert Sifulari took the grappling side of things because he was actually a phenomenal kicker, and he got into a horrible car accident, had several screws in his hips, could no longer really efficiently kick above his waist, and went to grappling. Exactly. Now, with that said, what is your what is it that you took and, and claimed it as your own within the Jeet Kundo realm? Okay, that's a huge question. Number one, I love all things that are fighting. So I right. literally love all martial arts, and I've never turned down a martial art lesson from anyone. And sometimes they can teach me something, sometimes they can't teach me anything. And more often, you know, I can learn something. Occasionally, mm-hmm. occasionally you run into somebody and say, okay, th- this guy doesn't have it. But even with those guys, if you really keep your eyes open, just because they don't perform it really well doesn't mean they haven't seen it performed well, and the information they have might be good, just their application is poor. I discovered that also. So in that respect, I love all martial arts. I've done you know, catch wrestling, judo, uh, American freestyle wrestling, boxing, Muay Thai, the Jun Fan, uh, Professor Patron uh, in Texas is my savat coach. Uh, you know, I love jiu-jitsu. I love Kali. And uh, I, I, I love all martial arts. You know, I, I, I have never really had a, a, a really – I've never taken any Tai Chi whatsoever. I'm so excited for New Year's when Rusty comes out. That's going to be a blast. I've always wanted to do push hands, and I'm very familiar with the fact that this is a, a healthy way to move, and as I get older, I think mm-hmm. it'll be very beneficial to me. Um, uh, so I love all martial arts, but essentially, especially in my youth, I would call myself a kickboxer. Now I'm a little bit heavier, and uh, in terms of weight, I'm still in good shape, but mm-hmm. due to my job as a trip driver, for until I moved out here, I was very frustrated because I used to be a martial artist that did conditioning because he had to be a martial artist. But when right. I was in Chicago as a truck driver, I was forced to do. I, 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 it kills me to say it, but I almost became like a weightlifter that did martial arts on the side Aww. because I did a twenty-four hour gym where I could work out. And, mm-hmm. and anybody who thinks that. Uh, I can't remember where I got this. I got this a long time ago from someplace else. But anybody who thinks size and strength doesn't matter hasn't fought somebody bigger and stronger than them. So, mm-hmm. and, you know, so skill and speed and strategy and stamina uh, are important, and so is strength. So mm-hmm. I forced myself and still continue to force myself to lift weights because I know it's beneficial in some ways. But big arms are heavy arms and they're slow arms. Mm-hmm. So that's not good for boxing. You know, uh, having right. good biceps and triceps is, is good for grappling, you know, ha- having the physical strength, and it's good for clinch work. It sure pays off there, but it's not good in terms of having a fast jab. So mm-hmm. sadly, I know that, you know, like in anything in life, there's a give and a take. And for what I gained maybe in strength, I have lost a little bit in speed because, you know, let's face it, who's faster, a 145-pound fighter or a 185-pound fighter? Well, the 145-pounder, as a general concept, will always be faster, and I'm happier mm-hmm. than I've ever been in terms of weight. So, but if you ask me what my love is, 
I love kickboxing. That was probably my strength in my youth. Um, I competed a little bit in pancreation and stuff, and it was kind of a funny story. And I remember, you know, I did it kind of just because the, the the coach in Chicago said, I really need somebody in your weight class to compete, represent the school in Chicago. It's the international competition, blah, 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 whatever. It was like this quote-unquote world championships, and I had to win one fight to qualify for it, which was a breeze. And then, you know, I had, then I got to compete in the world championships. It was a little tournament and, you know, I had to fight, you know, three times that day. But I remember when the, the referee was basically saying, you know, this is basically a grappling event and it's never really won by striking and I'm going to have to censor myself. But my first thought was when he said that is Emma for, you never saw me fight. <laughs> and I, and I, I finished, I, I finished my first two opponents very quickly with striking because they weren't prepared for the knees of tie boxing. And mm-hmm. my takedown was watching them crumble from knees. And, uh, you know, it was, it was, it was a good time, but essentially it was my tie boxing and my American. I really, for that fight, there were no punches to the head and it was bare knuckle. So mm-hmm. we weren't allowed to punch to the head. So my, my American boxing wasn't, really useful but the leg kicks and the clinch work and the knees that served me greatly so that was very much of a tie boxing day for me oh cool so, oh, very cool so my you know, but i really consider myself a june fond kickboxer at this point in my life got it oh very cool you know and you studied tie boxing with the father of tie boxing that brought it to this country chai sarasut and, you know, back in the early days, this is what was really funny. You know, I was talking to Benny the Jet one day, and in his early days, he was considered a world champion. And, and his attitude was, how can I be a world champion? I've never fought outside the country. So yeah, I've heard him say that. Would you, would you fight uh, a Thai uh, uh, guy? And he said, sure. And he, he knew nothing about Thai boxing. He thought Thai was the guy's name. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And he was the first one to admit he got his butt kicked by a tie boxer in his first world fight. Uh, now, I've got a pet peeve that has okay. always driven me absolutely insane. Because this one guy, I forget his name, corrected me out. He was he teaches the Jeet Kune Do out of Whittier. And I said, well, he asked me, what do you do? And I said, well, I'm a Jeet Kune Do practitioner. He says, no, concepts. And I said, no, I'm Jeet Kune Do. I decided under Ted Lukaku, guy, I am Jeet Kune Do. What do you feel right. about the controversy between Jeet Kune Do and Jeet Kune Do concepts? Well, here, the idea is Bruce Lee even said, my Jeet Kune Do is not your Jeet Kune Do. Okay, okay. he recognized that Kareem, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who was a student, was not going to fight the same as Bruce Lee. And every person is an individual. And that's why he taught all of his students differently. Because Jeet Kune Do technically is a concept and not a style. And now, there, mm-hmm. are there certain root techniques in the, what we call the Jun Fan Gung Fu, the original stuff that Bruce Lee taught? Of course. But, mm-hmm. you know what you choose to do versus what I choose to do, what we're able to do because of our age or uh, injuries. Um, let's say somebody gets into a car accident and can't do certain things. Um, let's say, uh, 
the great Jean-Jacques Machado, the jiu-jitsu master, if he, he trains with Dan Asano, I guarantee you I wasn't there to witness it, but they've exchanged striking techniques and stuff like that. He, ha- he was born with a deformed hand. Well, clearly he can't punch with that hand, and his style and application of the art would have to be radically different from everybody else's because he has a birth defect. So mm-hmm. we, you teach the individual, and, and as, as Guru Dan always says, I can teach it, but I can't standardize it. Right. There's nothing set in stone. You know, the, the individual is more important than the style and the system. And everybody who claims, oh, I do Jun Fan Kung Fu the exact same way Bruce Lee did. Well, they're saying the system is more important than the style, and that means they did not get it. They mm-hmm. did not understand what Bruce Lee said, and they're holding on to something that doesn't exist because mm-hmm. it's the individual and not the system. You know, uh, Rusty, your application of Tai Chi will be different than your instructor's. If your instructor Definitely. was a six foot five, two hundred eighty pound man, his style of push hands would be radically different than yours. Mm-hmm. Especially if you had to compete with each other. You know, so yeah. you know, so it's it's not this it's not the technique, it's the individual. And yeah. like in all systems, there'll be levels. Some people will have more time to train because of whatever situation they are in life, certain people will take things to a, a higher level because maybe they're more passionate or more dedicated or have more time for training, whatever the case may be. But, yeah, the, to me, JKD is a concept. It is an idea, and nothing is mm-hmm. set in stone. And right. the way I like to put it is I don't do a technique because Bruce Lee did it, and I don't ignore a technique because Bruce Lee didn't do it. Because if Bruce Lee was here today and somebody showed him, uh, I'm just going to make something up, a better way or a cool variation of a single leg or a double leg technique, Bruce Lee mm-hmm. would say, oh, that's efficient and I'm going to adopt that. So why wouldn't mm-hmm. I respect the founder and do exactly as he would have done? Exactly. So I don't care if Bruce Lee mm-hmm. didn't know it or didn't do it because he didn't have exposure for some reason. You know, cars are faster today. Racehorses go faster. You know, nobody ever thought we'd break the five-minute mile. Then nobody ever mm-hmm. thought we'd break the four-minute mile in terms of running. Things have changed and improved. And if we don't keep improving, we have not done our founders, uh, our founder a, his a service. Right. He, he wouldn't want them yeah, to get exactly. He wouldn't want the level to be stop at Bruce Lee and everybody be worse. He would mm-hmm. want things to improve. He would want things to grow. Right. So, very cool. There's my take. Now, on why it. is it? Why? Why is it? And you know, either either of you or both of you can answer. Why is it that there is, quote unquote, like Bob says, Jeet Kune Do, quote unquote, and Jeet Kune Do concepts? And why was why was this guy Bob just assuming that you were Jeet Kune Do concepts? What was what was that all about, Bob? Uh, ego. Yeah. I call him a martial arts snob. That, oh, that was yeah. all it was. Right. So, but yeah. why why is it that there's a delineation between? Why did he make a delineation between Jeet Kune Do and quote unquote Jeet Kune Do concepts? I mean, what what does that mean? You know what I mean? <laughs> it's it's really simple. It, the, the the people that claim to be they call them now they call it original JKD, and really all it okay. means is they only do move for move that Bruce Lee had done. And that, uh-huh. unfortunately for them, 
include stuff he did in 1964 and 1965 that Bruce Lee himself had thrown out. But because mm. Bruce Lee did it at one time, they still train it. Even if Bruce okay. Lee eventually threw it away as being less efficient mm-hmm. for himself even. So, but isn't that stylizing? Yeah, that's, that's original. That's what mm-hmm. they call, call quote-unquote original JKD. And those guys don't get it because they're even doing the things that Bruce Lee threw away, which is mm-hmm. ridiculous. So, wow. So JKD Concepts allows somebody to step outside of even what Bruce Lee did. And mm-hmm. it takes more strength to do that. It takes right. more strength to take yourself out of your comfort zone and allow yourself to be a beginner and be clueless. Like I will be doing mm-hmm. this New Year's Eve with you, Christina. And, you know, and, and, and say, oh, geez, I don't know any of this. Okay, I'm, I'm going to stumble through this. I'm not going to look smooth. I'm not going to look my best. You know, I'm not going to be the best guy in the room. Oh, no. I, but I'm an instructor. You know, where's your ego? Are you, right. are you willing to put on a white belt and grow? Or do you want to say, well, I do original JKD and this is what I do, and they're only willing to do what they're good at? Yeah. Yeah. They don't and... want to get on the mat and grapple. Of mm-hmm. course they don't. And most of them are, are, are sadly, basically, focusment holders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think you know and what I mean there, Bob. That's you know? bad. And that's too bad because it's kind of like, you know, you know, Bob and I and Wayne, you know, have gone at length um, on some of these shows talking about, you know, uh, how people will allow their egos to, to kind of run how they train in the martial right. arts. And, and we, and, you know, all of us have, have dealt with those kind of people like Bob where they'll go, no, you are blah, blah. And they'll start labeling you as something that's not them mm-hmm. to set them apart. Right. And it's just so sad that it has to go that way. Cause like you said, Steve, times change. And if we don't right. change, you, we're, we're screwed. I mean, you know, that would be like, you know, our army going out to, to fight now with like muskets, it's, 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 you <laughs> Dan know. uses the exact same <laughs> analogy. As much as we, res- yeah. we might respect George Washington, we wouldn't want to wear his uniforms. We wouldn't want to use right. his weapons. We would. We, we we could not survive using his battlefield tactics. Right. You know, things had to change from you know Vietnam, the Korean War, you know Gulf War One, mm-hmm. Gulf War Two, whatever. You know, World right. War One versus World War Two, rather different strategy. Mm-hmm. You know, so yep. we have to change. We have to update. Yeah. And, and that's the point. It's, 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 it's so sad. I'm like, even I get slack from traditional Chen Tai Chi practitioners because I tend to, to teach a little bit differently. And I use a lot of more modern uh, concepts and stuff like that to explain the archaic, you know, type of stuff. Right. And, right. Uh, and then they go, Oh, you know, you're not real Chen style. And I'm like, Hey, you know, I was certified, you know, through Yi Zhao Hong, certified <laughs> through Chen Zheng Lei. I think I'm legitimate in my lineage, but it's because I don't teach the same way. Right. Um, and it, it, it kind of hurts. Just like with you know, that, Rusty, those uh-huh. people will weed themselves out because ultimately when it comes to people that want to be the best they can be and find their own truth, they'll find somebody who's more – Innovative and on top of things like yourself, like the JKD Concepts people. And the people that 
want to pat themselves on the back and, 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 and claim that they're good or better than everybody else because they're holding on to something from a long, long time ago, they'll weed themselves out. And only a small percentage of people will eventually go to those people. So to me, mm-hmm. I think the Junfan or the original JKD people, they're going to they're gonna fade away, and they'll never be as prominent as important. Nobody has more talented students, instructors, and fighters than Dan and Asano in the JKD world, mm-hmm. I'm saying, in the JKD world. That's a fact. You can take any other JKD instructor. And, you know, uh, and with that, I have to include, you know, my beloved ex-Siku, uh, Larry Hartzell, who, you know, mm-hmm. I was very close to him the last six, seven years of his life because he died in 2007. But he was with Guru Dan until the last days. I mean, Sifu Larry was still teaching at Inasano Academy and was a student of Dan Inasano until the last days of his life. So, you know, I have to kind of blend Larry Hartzell with Dan Inasano in that respect of having the best students. Um, Mm -hmm. But if you look at any other JKD instructor, um, no disrespect to them, Guru Dan's the best. And even Taki Kimura, who is an amazing who is an amazing instructor, even said Guru Dan was the best. Mm-hmm. So there it is. And I mean, I have an immense res- respect for Taki Kimura, and I look forward to the day that I can get up to Seattle to train with his son, because mm-hmm. I've heard nothing but good things. But ultimately, I'm not leaving California for anybody else. You know, I'm staying here for Guru Dan because he's the man. Right. And and we only and I only have so much time with them, which is going to break my heart. I mean, I I mean, I, if I get yeah. if if I had to die early so he could have another ten years, I'd do it because, you know, he's such a much better service to all of humanity than I will ever be, and it will be a tragic day when, when he, mm-hmm. when he passes. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. But you know, that's simply just. As, as we were talking about before, uh, Rusty, possibly, you know, not only just having proper manners, but respect for your instructor and, and the gifts uh-huh. that they have given you. And, you know, that's a problem missing in a lot of, in a lot of people nowadays is respect and manners. Right. Right. And uh, now, um, I'd like to get into that subject a little bit later, but I kind of want to okay. bring, sure. bring the mic over to Wayne to see if he has cool. any questions. Wayne? Yeah. Um, so it's something that we had talked about before about etiquette in the martial arts. Oh, um, I guess I we're going you, into uh, the subject now. <laughs> Let's do it. I've Let's been do waiting it. And okay. I've had a couple of questions that you guys have asked them already. I'm like, no. <laughs> Let's do it. Okay. Let's go. Let's go to etiquette so, and uh, manners in the martial arts. Let's go into it. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Go, what what are your thoughts on that? My thoughts? Well, the way I, this is the best way I'd like to put it. If I'm walking to the door of some business, let's just make it a gas station, okay? Mm-hmm. And I see there's a woman walking to the door also, all right? And she might even technically be a little bit ahead of me. I will pick up the pace and get there first. And I know, because you can tell by body language and feel, they think you're racing them to the door. And I'm going to be very general. This is not meant to be sexist in any way. But in general, guys are a little more aggressive. We have more testosterone. And uh, women, especially, if they'll, they'll be a little more passive, and they'll let me get there first. And the shock on their face when I get there first, only so I could hold the door open for them, 
I think is a sad commentary on society yeah. because they think I'm trying to beat them to the door, and I am, so I can hold the door open for them. And, uh, uh-huh. and it, the martial arts isn't just all about the punching and kicking. There's discipline, respect, exactly. loyalty, work ethic. There's a lot of things to learn in the martial arts outside of self-defense or trying to hurt another person. You know, that's not really what it's about to me. And as, as a, a great example is um, a friend of mine I would call a fiercely, a fiercely independent woman. And I remember one of the first times that I had recently met her that uh, I walked out and I opened the front gate. I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to get the gate for you. And she kind of looked at me with this face, and she was like, and she's like, you're making me feel weird. I can do it. And that was, again, a commentary on society and how she'd been treated in the past. Because it's got mm-hmm. nothing to do with the fact that I, I'm not saying that you're not capable of opening and shutting the gate, but you're going to work now, and I don't want you to have to reach over the gate to latch it with your nice work clothes on, and I'm being that respectful. And if I'm going to open the, open, hold the door open for a lady that I don't even know, clearly somebody who's a friend of mine that I care about, I'm going to go even further. But mm-hmm. she, it took her a while, actually, to get used to the fact that it was like, hey, it's got nothing to do with anything else. I'm just a gentleman at all exactly. times, at all moments. This is the way Steve behaves. So mm-hmm. either get used to it or don't be my friend. Those are your choices, but I'm going to treat you politely. and I'm going to treat you like a lady. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's got nothing to do with, you know, being lesser or you're not capable of, you know, you know, right. Rusty, you know, if we get the chance to go out to lunch, you know, after your Tai Chi seminar, I got news for you. I'm going to hold the door open for you. It's got nothing and to do I've with the fact no that you're not, with that. <laughs> you're not, I've got no problem with that. You're not physically <laughs> capable. That's me. ridiculous. You're a martial arts instructor. Of course I know you are. But it's out of respect and consideration and, uh, and just being polite and being a gentleman. No matter where I'm at, that's the way I behave. And I wish more people took that attitude. The way people, in terms of their behavior towards other people, people preach all this, oh, we're all American bullshit when it oh, excuse my language when it comes to right. you know, I just you know with you know with there. other countries and all this stuff <laughs> but yet the way we behave to each other when we're driving down the road is just ridiculous oh yeah you know you yeah know. i'll have to agree with you there because it's just yeah you know, so it's it, like how do we treat it, each other yeah and in and, a way and you one know of my, yeah oh I, I was just gonna say in a way you know speaking from a woman's point of view um you know i found that uh, I'm not. I don't want to use the feminist word because so many so many people get the get the the term mixed up with anything else. But um, I I think a lot of times you know when when guys open doors, I think that you know sometimes it's not a matter of hey you think I'm not capable. It's just weird. You know it's 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 weird yeah. because you know we're in a day and age right now where you know. You know, women are, you know, trying to, I guess, you know, stand on an even keel as far as like work, right. jobs, you know, and stuff like that. And then, you know, and some women, not all, but some women, you know, might think that uh, they would be giving in to a stereotypical, 
you know, female weakness kind of thing. If they allow a man to open a door for them, I'm sorry, if I've got like a, a bunch of groceries and I'm heading to an elevator, I, I would want some, a guy to like press the button for me instead of me using my nose. You know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and you know, that's open... exactly what I got from my friend that, as an example when I had to open the gate for her. And I said, oh, I'll get the uh-huh. gate for you. And she looked at me with that same look, like you're saying, in this day of equality and we're fighting for rights and we can do the same job as a man and all this stuff. I mean, that's where she was at mentally. And I was like, you know, it was like one of those situations where I had it – was, it was a slow process of mm-hmm. her getting used to me and the way I'm going to behave. And you, you only have, you have two choices, deal with me or not deal with me, but this is the way I'm going to behave. Mm-hmm. Sorry. You know, I'm going to mm-hmm. hold the door open for you. I'm going to open your car door. It, it doesn't matter what our relationship is. That's what's going to happen. Right. If you're getting in my car, you're, I'm going to open the passenger side door first. I'm not going to hop in the driver's side, then reach over and unlock your door. So you have to open it. I'm mm-hmm. going to open your door first. Sorry, that's just the way I am, you know? And if anything, considering how people behave towards each other, I would think that would be a good thing. Personally. I think so. I think so because, you know, it's like, you know, manners like that. You know, I, I consider mm-hmm. it to be kind of like, I don't want to kind of find a word, not service, but um, it's, you know, it's just a gesture of here, you know, I'm, right. I'm, I'm here. Let me not let me help you, but let me, it's, it's old fashioned respect. Yeah. It's, it's, it's respectful, mm-hmm. you know, and, yeah. you know, and I'm one of those people that like let people in, you know, if people are like trying to merge onto the freeway, you know, cause if there's one thing I hate folks sure. driving on the freeway is people that will speed up. Oh, so they don't that drives me insane. Oh, and I, I have to add this now because I'm a oh truck driver, guys. All right. I drive a semi. All right. I'm a truck driver. So, for all the people that are listening, we cannot stop as fast as a car because we might be carrying, we might be weighing 75, 78,000 pounds. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's a lot of momentum. So, we mm-hmm. have to leave a lot of space between the car in front of us because if we hit it, we will kill you. Okay. Right. And people in traffic all of a sudden think, they can cut in front of us because there's just enough room. And it's like you're putting your life in danger. If you're in front of the semi, we might kill you. If you're on the right. side of us, we might kill you. If you're behind us, you can stop faster than us, you're safe. You mm-hmm. do not want to be in front of the semi. You do not want to be next to the semi. You want to be behind the semi. You don't want to go, oh, I have to get ahead of that truck. Because if that is your mentality, you're putting your life in your own hands. Mm-hmm. And you are risking a lot. So please, for all the people that are listening, have some respect for that truck driver out there because they're trying mm-hmm. not to kill you. I mean, yeah. literally, we're trying not to kill you. And for the people that go, oh, the, the bleepity bleep truck, you know what? Do you like what's in your grocery store? It got there by a truck. Do you yeah. like the stuff mm-hmm. in the Best Buy? <laughs> yep. even, it came, even it came across the country on a railroad. It left the railroad and got there in a truck. So anything right. that's in one of your stores that you like to go to, it got there in a truck. So don't curse out the truck driver. Mm-hmm. And we're trying not to kill you. <clears throat> Give us a little bit of respect because you know what happens when 78,000 pounds hits a 4,500-pound <laughs> car? 
I don't want to think about it. <laughs> you die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But for all the people that are listening, I hope that they, they do think about it and say, oh, that does sound terrible. You know, because the car will be a pancake and, and we will have to fill out a police report, but you're going to the hospital. Well, yeah. Yeah. And if you don't yeah. go to the so hospital, you go from like six foot. Do to not cut off the truck driver. <laughs> and please, when the truck driver puts a turn signal on, don't speed up. That doesn't mean accelerate and get in our way because you put yourself in danger. If we put our turn signal on, we're being courteous and saying we're moving over now. You well, know, yeah. Putting on our, us putting on our turn signal does not mean quick, cut us off. Yeah. Now, isn't the blind, isn't the blind spot in a, big, in, a, in a big rig? There's a, there's a pretty substantial blind yeah. spot on a big rig. Especially and if you're on like the right side, the passenger side. Mm, okay, Especially yeah. the passenger side. If you're on the passenger side, the only the only proper way to pass a semi is on the left driver's side. You don't pass mm-hmm. a semi on the right side because we probably we don't see you. We're not going to see you quick enough. And we and if right. we change lanes, we're we're going to crush you. We're going to push you off the road. And let me tell you, I've heard of stories of cars, you know, getting caught beneath the DOT bumper at the back of a semi trailer. And the mm-hmm. semi, not even knowing, is just dragging it down the street. Because let me tell you, wow. if, if our truck happens to weigh 70,000 pounds, well, the maximum legal weight is 80,000 pounds. So adding 4,000 pounds to the back of it, dragging it, no big deal. We don't even feel it. Yeah. So we'll just drag wow. it down the road. So if you tailgate us and you hit us and get trapped beneath that bumper, we won't even feel your weight because the truck is too powerful. Wow. Yeah. So we're that's just going to drag that's you. How, that's how somebody died on the, on a bridge here in Seattle, not far from me. It's the West Seattle uh, Freeway. And they had to change the, the, the name of the West Seattle Freeway to the West Seattle Bridge because it, you know, crosses water. But because um, a big rig was coming off of northbound I-5, and to merge onto the bridge, you have to merge to the right. Well, there was right. this, there was this car full of people that decided, oh, well, let's get past this truck. So they got, <laughs> they tried to speed up, and they were like, I don't know, you know, maybe toward the middle end of it or whatever. And the guy didn't see him, and he just like came over. And what happens is, is that at that place where it merges, it merges from northbound I five and southbound bound I five. So it goes from like, it goes to two lanes really quick. Right. Right. And they just pushed the it just pushed that little car up against the guardrail and just smashed it lengthwise mm. and dragged it. Right. And they they died. All of them. All of them died. Right. Wow. And because of that, they had to redo the lanes on the West Seattle Bridge to make it um, so that way nobody gets hit. Right. And so right. that way there was more of a visibility window for right. the people coming um, off of the, the freeway. And it was just mm. like it was crazy. And uh, and for, for anyone to think that they can pass a truck, you know, oh, and yeah. have them see you down below in your little car. Come right. on now. So and that's, here's that's the our thing. PSA. If, when we have all that weight, <laughs> we can't just slam on the brakes. Right. We're not going to stop that fast. Right, right. We're right, not yeah. going to be able to create enough room for you to get through. So right. literally, the truck driver, I, I, I have no idea, but it's completely possible 
and not out of the realm of possibility that he went, oh, fuck. Oh, excuse my language. And, That's okay. <laughs> and, and, and all of a mm-hmm. sudden, there was nothing he could do. And yeah. those people essentially killed themselves because mm-hmm. he's got to merge. And his vehicle is so large, what's he going to do? Drive off the bridge? Yeah. Drive off the road? Yeah, exactly. So, so let I that mean, be a just, lesson, I can folks. just see the guy in his head going, oh, no. Yeah. And, and having him not be able to accelerate fast enough, not be able to brake fast enough, them getting trapped, like you said, right and getting squashed because the lane ended. There was no more room. Yeah. And there's nothing the semi could do to help them at that point. Yeah. So listen up, folks. You know, please, 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 please drive carefully around the bridge, right. especially in the winter. Especially in yeah. the winter. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, oh, yeah. 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 Definitely. Oh, my God. I yeah. want to take this, uh, this next phone line. We have another caller on the line. This is area code sure. 704, and this is Professor Patrick McDaniel. Hello there, Professor. Hey, how are you guys doing tonight? Excellent. Hey, how's good. it going, Patrick? All right, man. Good. It's, it's good Thanks to hear for you guys calling again. in. Yeah. yeah. Everybody had a had a pleasant Thanksgiving, and I just happened to, uh, you know, kind of sit around the house, and I saw, I saw, Sifu uh, uh, Bob post something on Facebook, and it reminded me to check in on the Dojo Radio and see what was going on. Very yes. interesting conversation. I really like the conversation. That's cool. Uh, yeah. I don't know who the gentleman is, the, the truck driver, because I came in late, so I didn't get named. <laughs> the truck oh, driver oh, was Steve Lilligan. Yeah, thank you. Okay, sir. hey, hey, man, you know what? I, uh, I, I'm just, I'm just really, really, really impressed with the conversation, especially, uh, re- you know, re- regarding the, uh, the old school kind of uh, respect and discipline and the way people were raised and brought up, and uh, mm-hmm. to, to tie in with martial arts. You know, you know, once you spend so many years as a martial artist, what happens with the face that we have at home and the face that we have in the dojo? They merge. You know, so you're just going to be as polite as you can be anyway. You know what I mean? And, and, I, and I love mm-hmm. that. And, you know, sometimes we even just hold the door open for guys. It's not just, a, you know, the female thing. You know, if I'm walking through a door, going to a store, and I see a guy coming across the parking lot trying to get in, I'll hold it open for him. You know what I mean? Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's, yeah, it's not just trying to, you know, to say that women are weak. Of course, I've got a different perspective on that. Now, we may have grown up with, with the impression that we were taught to take care of women because of their weakness. But then after we grow up and learn, no, we're taking care of women because of their strength. Right. You know, I've learned that, man. No, we're protecting queens. You know, we're, protect, we're protecting mothers that can do things that man can't come close to. You know? That's so, right, brother. So, no, it's not, it's not because we're talking, we think that you're weak because we want to help you. We're trying to protect you because you are the ones that are keeping us up. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, hey. right. Anyway, That's I just right. appreciate that conversation. I think that was out of sight. Well, we're awesome. gonna we're Thank gonna you, be sir. talking about it. We're gonna be talking about it more, Professor. And you came at the right time because if there's anyone that loves talking about you know, etiquette and protocol and stuff. It's, it's Professor Patrick because, you know, he's a, he's a Kajikembo senior of mine and we're all about, oh, nice. you know, etiquette and, you know, that kind of stuff as, as well as, Definitely. you know, staying up with the modern times. And the sure. trick being to merge the two, to merge, you know, mm-hmm. our modern way of thinking in the martial arts with the traditional aspects of, of, 
common courtesy and manners and etiquette. And, um, and like we were talking about earlier, Steve, you know, it, it can be sometimes, you know, misunderstood. And, right, uh, right, right. but that's the trick is to try to, to, to try and merge that together. So let's, um, let's continue with this conversation of etiquette and martial arts. So, you know, we might've heard that there are, you know, people out there that will create their own systems and create their own style styles. And I've met a couple that have done away with the traditional aspects of like, let's say, let's just say bowing at the entrance of a training area. They'll, they'll go, well, that's, that's stupid. That's useless. And you're not going to bow to someone. If you're going to, if you're going to fight them in real life, you can't go, Oh wait, let me bow to you before you shank me. That kind of thing. Um, and then there are people that still stick with the with the manner. So, what are your guys' thoughts on that? On people, I that have kind of for you right away, and I'm so glad okay. you brought this up. Okay, you know, I have worked out with many people in my life. You know, uh, I've done a lot of tradition. I've done traditional American boxing and trained with a lot of wrestlers and trained with a lot of martial artists. And if you mm-hmm. ask me who I wanted to hang out with, who had the better attitude, who were the nicer people. It comes from the culture of people that bow and have respect. And mm, some of the wrestlers yeah. and some of the boxers, very cocky, very arrogant, and sometimes very disrespectful. You know, and, and uh, the martial artists, because of the culture that they come from, those are the nicer people and the people I like to hang out with. Mm-hmm. If I have to spend time with somebody, especially out of the gym, it's going to be a martial artist. Mm-hmm. I'll have to agree with you there because um, in regards to cultures that, that, you know, do bow or genuflect or whatever, right. Um, It's, it's a matter of being, I guess not courageous, but it's a matter of being okay with not being the top dog all the time. You know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and even 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 walking out onto the mat and bowing before I go out onto the mat means that I respect the place that I am being given a gift. I'm able to train here today, and somebody else is probably paying utilities and rent and keeping the mats clean. And I respect yep. the fact this place is here for me to learn and grow and train today. And I think that's important. Mm-hmm. Very so I don't care where I'm at. I bow before I walk out onto the mat. Yep. Very cool. <clears throat> Bob, do you have any totally thoughts on the manners and stuff like that? Well, I'm right there with Steve uh, and, and Professor Patrick that I will hold the door open for a woman as a man just as a common courtesy. It was really funny. One time I was in a supermarket and I had one of those baskets, one of those two-handled baskets, and I put the basket down, put put the handles down so that the next person could just put their basket in without being obstructed by anything. Some nice right, lady yeah. in front of me, and I, for my kid's sake, she said, "Why? that was nice. Why did you do that? I said, because when I was younger, if I didn't do that and my mother was with me, I was getting my ass beat. Right. <laughs> 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 That's and at the same time, because it was nice and because it was considerate for the next person, that's awesome. It's those little things. Right. Those right. little things. Right. How are you behaving right. all the time? One of my favorite things I ever heard somebody say, I don't remember where I got it from, was 
you are who you are when no one's looking. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When no one's looking, am I still being respectful for the next person? Mm-hmm. When no one's looking, am I honest or am I stealing? Mm-hmm. Who are you when you know you can get away with it? Uh, will I take the short, easy path now? Will I take more than my due or more than is more than is coming to me now because I can get away with it? Or will I will I respectfully uh, like old school? Not that this happens nowadays, but you know. Buy the can no, I don't eat candy bars, but buy the candy bar and put the money on the counter and leave. Yeah. You know, you know who are you when no one's looking? That's who you really are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's wild. And you know what? Let me let me share some let me share something with you. It's interesting. Sure. You know, who are you when no one is looking? Because I I had this thing that started when I was a boy. And the truth is, I still do it right now, man. I'm, you know, I'm approaching 60 years old here in a couple of years, but I okay. still do it right now. When I, <laughs> when I am by myself, I have this thing that goes on in my head that my grandfather and my mother have some way of watching what I'm doing. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Right. They have some way of watching what I'm doing. Now they're, they're both gone, but... When I was a little boy and I was away from my mother, I was away from my grandfather. I used my grandfather a lot because he's the one that taught me how to hunt and taught me work ethics because he took me around on his jobs. And, you know, it was one of those kind of grandfather-grandson relationships. So I used him a lot. Nice. Uh, and I saw the way he treated people. My grandfather was that guy. If you want to talk about someone who was polite and courteous and helpful, that was my grandpa, you know. So <laughs> when I was by myself, I always imagined that they had a way of looking at me, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I made sure that I did the right thing, you know, because I always thought someone was watching, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's that's very interesting. Who who you are alone, that's, that's it. That's I'm a firm believer in, in pay it forward like that, you know? Yeah. You give someone a compliment, you know, and someone sees you give someone a compliment, hopefully they'll give someone else a compliment. Exactly. You know, today my sister right. and I were in a, in a, we're, we're in Virginia moving my, my aunt, uh, north and, uh, we were in this restaurant and I've just experienced a lot of different things with people these past couple of days that I've been here, um, that I don't get to experience where I'm at, you know, courtesy, mm-hmm. you know, from where I'm at, you don't, you don't see a lot of that, but here in mm-hmm. Virginia, I've noticed a lot of people, you know, it's a different, different, a little bit different culture, you know, and, and people say hello, you know, and they, they do this whole hold the door open for you thing, you know, and I've, wait, I've done my best. Know to, who you are or not. Exactly. Right. That's right. And I seen this guy today and he was dressed to the nines, man. He was dressed and looking sharp and he had on this fedora that was out of this world. And I wow. could not wait to tell him how awesome he looked and how awesome <laughs> that hat was. And it's like mm-hmm. it made the guy's day, you know. He just had this huge smile and said, thank you very much, thank you very much, you know. And I just hope that when I done that, someone else heard or seen that right, and would right, do the same right, thing, right, right. Mm-hmm. you know. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, what? what's funny, not funny, haha, but what's funny is that, you know, the the whole – the whole thing about respect and, and cur- common courtesy and stuff like that, you know, like we said earlier, it's, it's sometimes been so misunderstood and so misconstrued mm-hmm. that 
that, like, you know, like we were talking about earlier, if a guy opens a door for a woman, you know, sometimes women will think that, well, what, am I not capable? And, you know, sometimes it goes the other way around, too. If a woman opens the door or does something nice for a guy, then all of a sudden she wants to sleep with him. I mean, well, you know, yeah. what's, what's, what's up with that? True. You know, it's like, yeah, it is. I open doors for guys all the time, you know, right. and, it, well, and then they no, end up no, following no, me I, in the that, store. I'm not. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, you know, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe they think you're cute at the same time. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I guess it all depends on the intention. My intention is I'm opening the door. That's right. it. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's funny when that happens. I always, my comment is always, isn't this supposed to be the other way around? And normally the, the woman will always smile at me. Because occasionally a woman will open a door for me too because they'll get there first. And right. And that happens. And I just get say, first. isn't it supposed to be the other way around? And, and actually they normally smile. You know, yeah, because yeah. it's I'm kind of making the acknowledgement of, hey, you know, I appreciate the respect, but I'd give you the same back. Yeah, you know, exactly. I, you know, exactly. I would have done the same thing for you, mm-hmm. you know, so. Exactly. And, you know, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I said it's rare to what? find that. It, it mm-hmm. is. It is. Yeah, we, yeah. we are rare breed. <laughs> we are. Right. Yeah, and I try. I really try to I really try to make sure. That my children, you know, not so much that I tell them, but when they're with me, you know, I show them this is the way men behave. I yes. show them, you know, my daughter, when That's I take my daughter out, yeah. make sure, you know, you, when you grow up and you find a man, make sure that cat is close to me. You know, this is the way you're you supposed go. to be treated. Right. You know, exactly. <laughs> this is the way you're supposed to be treated. So, And I would, I would rather for someone to be just a little upset with me for opening the door for them than them to be upset with me for not opening the door. You know what I mean? You know, right. If you have, if you have something yeah. against me because I open the door for you, that's your problem. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Right. But I would rather you be upset with me because I open the door for you rather than you say, well, this, this cat didn't even hold the door for me. You know, hey. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah. But you know what? You're setting yourself, your daughter up for a better, a better life because she'll find a better man because of it. Because she'll say, Definitely. oh, that's yeah. the way a yeah. good man treats somebody. And she'll look for that, and she won't accept less because she'll see what a good person does. So that's just being a great role model and a great example. And I wish Definitely. more fathers were like that because I know my dad wasn't like that, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and this is what I like about, you know, martial arts training is that, it, you know, it gives you that, that, that sense of common courtesy and respect and mm-hmm. helping your fellow mm-hmm. practitioner, male or female. But on the other hand, also, I've seen, like, people that will act all great in the dojo or the dojang or the guan or wherever. Right, and right. then act like complete assholes outside of it. And I right, think that yeah. falls into the who are you when nobody's looking. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Right. For sure. right. The Eddie, right. Eddie Haskell syndrome. And they haven't learned all the lessons yet. Yeah. Yeah. They simply haven't learned all the lessons yet because if they if they can't apply everything they learn inside the dojo outside the dojo, it, you haven't learned it. You know, if you can if you right. can only do your martial arts in the dojo, but somebody kicks your butt out of the dojo, you can learn the martial arts side. And if you're disrespectful outside of the dojo, you didn't learn that. If you're not mm-hmm. disciplined outside the dojo, you didn't learn that. Right. So. Now you, and that's, that's beautiful. I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, we have to make it a point, teachers and instructors, 
you know, if, if we don't tell them, they won't know. So we have to teach that. We have to let them know. This is not right. just yeah. a dojo experience. This is a mm-hmm. this is a life experience. This life is, experience. This is who you, yeah. Yes, it is. It's not just for the dojo. You know, that's and right. I have an ode that's that's on my wall, and all my students will learn it. And at the very end of it, that's what it says from the inside out. You know, mm-hmm. this right. is, yeah. This is a life project, yeah. not just a dojo thing. You know, right, 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 right. Cool. Bob, let's bring the mic over to Bob. He's got another question. We've got about 10 minutes left of our broadcast. Oh, no, we need another hour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've done that, too. Uh, yeah. Our anniversary is like three hours and 40 minutes long. Yeah, <laughs> that was crazy. <laughs> that was, let's go for a record. <laughs> <laughs> I have that. to pay more for the airtime. Uh, <laughs> oh, we, we've, we've talked about this before, but Steve, uh, now uh, this is open to everybody because Wayne and and Professor Patrick, have, you know, they teach commercially. What I want to get into a an instructor loyalty issue, which drives me insane, uh, because there are certain things, certain ways to do things, like wanting to practice other at other dojos. Uh, right. And getting or not getting the blessings of your uh, of your main instructor to go practice at these other other schools. What do you feel on the uh, instructor loyalty issue that does and does not exist at the same time in today's society? That's a very delicate issue because it, it really yeah. depends on the instructor and the student having a true and honest and mutually beneficial relationship. And you have to realize your own strengths and weaknesses as an instructor. And exactly. let's say you took somebody that was a pure Thai boxer and the student wants to train in MMA. The guy is going to have to go to some sort of a grappling environment that's right. because that's the that's sport. Right. Mm-hmm. And you, right. you have to – come to terms with each other and say, well, listen, this is, this is a guy that I've heard good things about, blah, blah, blah. I'd like you to go here or there. But in terms – now, I'm talking about purely martial arts competition in this circumstance, but ideally, if you have uh, an instructor who's truly a good person, who has the best interests in their student – who's maybe bonded with, bonded with them in some way, who's almost has a father-son kind of relationship, father-daughter kind of relationship, as the case may be, then you should realize that that's your main guy. That's the person who truly has your back and your best interest involved and consult with them with what you do mm-hmm. because that is your real home. And you might be going off someplace else because it's necessary to learn a certain skill set because of maybe your own individual goals. But who really has your back? Who Uh truly cares about you as a human being and as an individual? And where are you at another gym? You might just be another face. Mm -hmm. But does this person truly care about you and and believe in you and want the best for you and is looking out for you? And as long as you have that true, honest instructor, then you really have to hold on to that because they're few and far between. Because on the other side of the coin, 
there is going to be the person that says, I don't want you to go train someplace else because ultimately it's about money and control and wanting to keep the person down. Mm -hmm. So it's very delicate because you really don't know the heart of the instructor. But if you get to know that instructor and they have a good heart and truly have your best interest in mind, you know, just like one of my favorite examples is Chuck Liddell, who's a, a, a bad MFer, but he mm-hmm. never left John Hackleman in, in Hawaii, who's now in California, I guess, owner and trainer, mm-hmm. he calls his gym the pit. But he stayed with him forever. That was his main guy. It's got nothing to do with who can kick whose butt. It's got mm-hmm. nothing to do with, you know what, this guy brought me up, he taught me a ton, he's, he's like a brother to me, he has my best interest in, 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 in mind, he'll always tell me the truth. He only wants the best for me. He wants me to be a champion. And I might have to train with this guy or that guy or I'll go here or go there to train like all mixed martial arts fighters do. But he always went home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that is what I think when you find that that true, honest, wholeheartedly good instructor who has your best interest in mind, you'd be a fool to leave that person. It'd be right. completely foolish because they're, they, they're looking out for you. And in this world, when you've been around long enough, and everybody on the line I know can understand, there's not that many people who will honestly look out for you in this world. So when you find those people, you can't let them go. Exactly. Exactly. Very cool. uh, What are your thoughts on that, Professor? Yeah, in my position, uh, you know, what what the, uh, the other instructor was talking about, absolutely beautiful, 100%. Uh, but I want to go to a more traditional aspect. And if you have an advanced student, you know, uh, that you know, has a desire to train in something uh, other than, than what I'm teaching them, then my point is uh, I think you should do that as an advanced student, depending on what your reasons are. Just don't let it interfere with what I am teaching. I don't want it to collide yeah, exactly. with the yeah. fundamentals exactly. that I'm teaching everyone. You know, if you're doing that on the side, because everyone takes a personal side of martial arts anyway. You know, you can go to right. a dojo and you go home and personally, you know, you're going to mix some stuff in anyway, whether it's just what you think it should be or what's up to mm-hmm. somebody else. But just don't go in and, and let it collide with what your instructor is teaching you. That's disrespectful. Uh, yeah. And to come to your instructor and say, hey, uh, how about this? Let's add this to the, to the traditional techniques. And that's where you're out of place. You yeah. Know? So we will, we will sit down and talk and say, look, look and my thing is, if, if something is good, because I come from God's Gimbal, so I can't contradict myself on don't train anywhere else. You know, yeah. Look what your founders did, right? <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. Was, it was it was established because you know other styles were were incorporated in in Gacha Gimbo. So mm-hmm. if you can bring something else to the plate and it's good, I'm going to use it, baby. <laughs> you know, that's right. We have to do it, mm-hmm. we have to do right. it in, a, in a respectful way. Don't come in and just say, "Hey, look, you know, let me show you this." And, and I'm over in the corner, you know, with what I'm teaching you. you we, we don't do it that way. So that's that's my position. Right. Well, you know what? But I think that's completely valid. But here's the deal: to to really drill into drill drill into nitty bitty details, like you said, we can't add it to to, to, to the traditional system because it's not part of the traditional system. It doesn't mean you can't train it, but call it what it is. Yeah. Is exactly. It, is it Kali? Is it Tai Chi? 
Is it JK? Is it Jeet Kune Do? Is it Muay Thai? Is it Kyokushin Karate? It, whatever. Is it wrestling? Is it judo? It's exactly. Exactly. What it is. Exactly. But call exactly. it. Exactly. I uh, call it. What I went it is. to a, and I, I I love that. I went to a seminar with I went to a seminar with with Al Dukaskis one year, and Al Dukaskis was showing us a series of techniques, and his thing was. Hey man, I'm going to share this stuff with you. I don't care what you do with it. Just tell people where you got it from. Exactly. <laughs> it's exactly yeah. what we. That's exactly what I got. That's exactly what I got when I did seminars with with Sifu Al. You know, just give credit right. where credit is due. Period. Definitely. Right. You know. Yeah, give credit <laughs> yeah. where credit is due because it's like you know, at, and I I do I you know like in my case I give credit to all of my teachers and for Definitely. any one teacher. For any one teacher to think that they are solely responsible for who you are right, as right, a martial right. artist, I think is the most egotistical thing. And but like Definitely. you know, like what Steve said, if they have their best interests, they're right. they're going to almost push you out the door and say, "Here, you should try this." And I'll even give you, you know a card. Because of, you guys, yep. I do want to add this because I know the time is short. That mm-hmm. everybody should realize that any any tidbit of wisdom or knowledge that I've had to say today has come from the mouths of Sifu Larry and Guru Dan. There you go. So mm-hmm. th- this, you know, in terms of giving credit where credit is due, I don't want anybody to think that, wow, Steve is pretty smart. No, Steve was in, smart enough to be in the right place at the right time and paying attention. Amen. And, Amen. And this yeah. and this Steve, isn't mine. Us, us as a I don't martial artist, we know that. Mm-hmm. Was, oh yeah, and us, I was us as we, we know that we sure do. We know that. Well, you guys we know that, that. But there's a lot of listeners right. out there that aren't near as experienced exactly. as people that I'm talking with on the phone. Right, right, right. So exactly. for all you know, the listeners out there, Steve's not a genius. Steve was just right. paying attention. Steve's exactly. just a good student. That's exactly. all I am as a good student. <laughs> exactly. exactly. As exactly. everyone, as everyone should be, and that's how that's how you gain that experience and right. wisdom and. Stuff like that, because right. you know you can practice punches until you're blue in the face. But if you don't learn from it, and if you don't open Hello. your ears like Steve did, then well, you're right. not going nowhere. So right. anyway, well, we are down to our last few minutes, and I just want to take this time to thank Steve for joining us today, and to Sensei Wayne for being a great co-host, and always to Professor McDaniel for uh, being another sounding board on here, and of course Bob, Bob, you're one of the you're the best co-host someone could have so. <laughs> thank <laughs> you for on. having me i'm honored i'm truly honored to be on the show today guys thank you so much i'm glad you could join us so for everyone listening uh keep your eyes tuned to the dynamic dojo talk radio page and uh you'll be able to see what's going to be going on in the next few weeks so we'll talk to everybody yeah. next time bye-bye everybody. Pleasure. Pleasure, everyone. bye 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 bye